This episode of Into the Wild is sponsored by Leica Sport Optics. It's well known and proven that connecting with wildlife and nature can improve your overall well-being. So why would you not want to turn it up a notch by getting to see things even closer and clearer with a set of binoculars? It's what I have done and I've not looked back. I can't recommend enough checking out the range of optics that Leica have to offer. A great range of kit with superb optics and they even have payment plans if you don't have the cash up front. I wouldn't shout about a company on the show that I haven't used or been impressed by, and it's important to me that companies we are partnered with have the same values as Into the Wild, which is why I'm proud to give them five thumbs up. If you want to check out more of Leica's range, then visit their website that can be found in the write-up of this episode. And now, on with the show. Hello everyone and welcome to Into the Wild, your weekly podcast all about wildlife, conservation and nature. I'm your host, Ryan Dalton. As always, thanks for clicking play on the pod. Well, here we are. Nerds, this is episode 100, the one ton episode of Into the Wild. Can you believe that a hundred times I've done this? I've spoken to over a hundred people about the natural world and everything that entangles into that. That's crazy. Thanks so much for... Oh God, I was going to go proper cliche there. I was going to be like, thanks so much for being on the journey with me. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, I really appreciate it <laughs> uh, I can't believe 100 episodes is absolutely mad um, and genuinely thank you so much for listening I'm not going to do my normal intro this week there's not going to be uh, 60 second nature news or anything like that because this is a slightly longer episode uh, to celebrate our 100 episode I decided to do something called Drunk Natural History which I won't lie was slightly made up on the spot but what I did is I got uh, four people that have been on the show before, four wonderful naturalists uh, called Lucy Hodson, aka Lucy Lapwing. Um, we got Chantel Lindsay, Isla Hodgson, and Daniel O'Neill. The point of the show was, I won't lie to you, unclear throughout. <laughs> but basically what we were doing is we were just having a bit of a drink. We were playing some games that we tried to focus around the natural world. And we basically celebrated Into the Wild having its 100th episode. Now, the couple of things I will mention about this show, this episode, is that you're not going to learn much from this one, all right? <laughs> Lower those expectations as far to the ground as you can, because you're not going to learn much. Um, the other thing that I should say, I don't know if I should say it, but I will say it, is that it does contain some adult themes. All right. So if you're under the age of 18 and you're going to listen to this, don't ever go at me if you hear some rude words or you hear some adult material. <laughs> God, this podcast has turned into my dad wrote a porno. Um, <laughs> or if you're listening to anyone that might, you know, be of the youth, then just be aware that um, there are some rude topics discussed. But, you know, f- it. I don't care anyway. It's into the wild. Like, do you know what I mean? We're having fun. Um, so... <laughs> So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 100th episode of Into the Wild. This is Drunk Natural History with myself, Ryan Dalton, Daniel O'Neill, Chantal Lindsay, Isla Hodgson and Lucy Hodson, a.k.a. Lucy Lapwing. Right, well, 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 here we go. The 100th episode of Into the Wild and it's one that I have no idea how it's going to go. Um, I know I'm going to have a lot of fun, but whether it'll be an interesting episode is another question. But this is... The 100th episode of Into the Wild, and we are doing for the first time Drunk Natural History. We've, well, I'm joined by four guests that have been on the show before, uh, and four lovely people that have joined me this evening to have a bit of a drink and to discuss natural history in a way that I'm pretty sure it's never been discussed before. 
Um, and we'll be just having basically a bit of a celebration over a bit of fun. So first things first, I have to introduce the guests that I've got in front of me. Which way around should I do this? Um, let me see if I can remember the order of which they originally appeared on the show. Mm. So oh. my oh. first guest on Drunk Natural History is Mr. Dan O'Neill. Dan, Whoa, I think I you... <laughs> I think you were on episode like number five. You were like back oh, in the day when I was recording you on a narrowboat. Yeah. Oh, love uh, it. Welcome back. How are you? I'm great. Um, I'm I'm drinking water because <laughs> I currently have the most alcohol in my system out of everyone because I'm hungover. <laughs> but we might get alcohol halfway through. Let's let's just see. I, I I I think it's a mission for us and the other guests on the show to get you to be drinking by the end of this episode. Oh, I might just have a glass. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. So we're already there. We're, we're two minutes in and he's already going to be like, yeah, if I leave, it's going to be ages of me trying to open a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> right, At the end of the show, he's opening a bottle of Prosecco with his mouth. Just <laughs> get in. <laughs> um, well, it's lovely to have you back on the show. Thank um, you. I, well, I was going to ask what you were drinking, but you said water. I, but my second question was going to be, how well do you usually handle your alcohol? But you're hungover today, which... Oh, that's a good question. Totally depends. Totally depends. <laughs> um, not well last night. Didn't handle it well not last well night. Not well <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how much are we usually talking? Are we talking like five pints, grand, seventh is a tricky one? Or? So I don't really drink for like just enjoyment. Like I won't just have a, have a pint at the no. pub. So for me, it's like all or nothing. So if I if I go in, it's go like, hard or go home. I yeah, like it. Yeah, go hard or go home. That's 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 how I do it. <laughs> well, welcome back. Uh, pleasure to have you back on the show. My second guest is well, someone that's been on the show several times before. We all know know her as Lucy Lapwing. I know her as Lappers. It's it's Lucy Lapwing. <laughs> welcome back, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Um, what are you drinking this evening? I'm actually drinking something rather fancy for me. I'm drinking um, uh, an organic blonde unfiltered lager. <laughs> oh, lovely! Don't you know that my mum sent me in the post? And it's really nice. Oh, Jesus, how have I just become the non-Londoner? You've become like the East London hipster suddenly on the show I know. very quickly. Mint. Nice. Okay, that's not your usual tipple, though, is it? I like a beer. Yeah, I like a beer, lager, ale, whatever. Literally whatever. Not, the <laughs> whatever, only thing, whatever. the only thing I don't drink is red wine, and that's because there were incidents. So no red wine. <laughs> Go on. There were incidents on red Do you wine. Tell? <laughs> I can't yeah, actually cool. tell because it involved politics and. Uh, oh, it's getting juicier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I drank red red wine and applied to be the Labour MP. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. I went yeah. mad, and. I kind of, I now I vaguely know this answer, but how well do you usually handle your alcohol? <laughs> you vaguely know this answer. <laughs> well, I've, we've hung out and we've drunk together before, so I know that... Where I'm at. Um, but go on. I'm sure, like most people, I'd like to see, like... This is really nerdy of me. I'd like to see, like, a graph of, like, my alcohol tolerance since I started. You know, like, however old, 14, 15. Like, you could get this on a tenner, couldn't you? And then your tolerance built up and up and up. And, you know, I could drink more and more. I could sink, like, eight pints and be fine. And then the pandemic hit. <laughs> mm. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and I just didn't get for <laughs> a year. And then the first couple of times afterwards, trying to go out, I'd have, like, three pints and be, like, on the floor. <laughs> like, <laughs> mortifying. <laughs> so, it took you ten the- pounds to get drunk when you were younger. 
God, it was just, it was like one £1.79 Lambrini for me. That was <laughs> I know. Like, oh, my God, my, Lambrini. <laughs> Lambrini, Bellerini, Different levels Cassini. of the word drunk. <laughs> yeah. Weenies. No, my £10 includes the bus to and from town and the chips afterwards, <laughs> yeah, and you have enough. some change. Okay. It was a Sambuca lemonade for me. Mm, we used to go oh, to the Purple so Turtle in Reading where it was pound a pint. We had the Purple Turtle yeah. in Oxford. Best best place. Did you? Yeah. It was great, wasn't it? Ten, like, like Lucy said, ten pound that includes your train fare and you're still having six pints, you're grand. Oh, See, if you're gonna if you're gonna great. play the best bar game, I went to Union Liverpool and there was a night called Skin where it was ten pound entry, <laughs> free bar. Free bar all night. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> what? Mint. And then there was incredible. another there was a bar called Mode. Tuesday. Yeah. No, it was, it was Tuesday. How did you know? Was it actually Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was another bar called Modo that was five pound into five p drinks. I think that was Wednesday. Five p. Five p drinks. Yeah. Oh my! Can't even get a sweet for five pence nowadays. <laughs> <Yeah>. Chantel's mic <laughs> absolutely exploded. What? <laughs> Nothing's five p anymore in London. Damn London. <laughs> five p drinks. Um, Bloody hell, Liverpool! Mm. What are you doing, mate? Yeah. When were you in Liverpool, Lucy? Was it 1862? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, welcome back, mate. It's lovely to have you on the show. My third guest is Isla Hodgson. Isla, 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 Isla. <laughs> Hello, hello. You can now start to hear the four or five pints I've had. Um, Isla, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm good, thanks. It's an honour and a privilege to be here for your 100th episode. Congratulations on that. It's lovely to have you back here. What is your tipple this evening? My tipple is gin and tonic, which is actually much posher than what I usually go for. But the lovely Lucy McRobert, who has been on this podcast before, she actually sent me silly gin from the Isle of Silly. So it's actually that one. It's even more posh. It is even more posh, yeah. (laughs) God, you lot are like drinking very high end. If you see my lineup. I've got, well, I'll tell you at the end of it, but it's not as posh as what you guys are drinking. <laughs> but it's strong. Um, and how well do you usually handle uh, your drink? Are you a couple or loads? Oh, um, well, I'm a Geordie and I have lived in Scotland for, for 12 years. So, yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can normally handle it pretty well. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, watch me say that, and then by the end of this uh, this podcast, I'll be an absolute. I'm hoping mess. you're going to be the first one to just fall off your chair now. <laughs> <laughs> really hope that happens. It'll be brilliant. Watch the space. Um, based on watch the drink, not, I'm not just hoping that you fall off your chair. I'm not that kind of host where I'm just like, wouldn't it be great if you fell off your chair? I mean, from the drink. Um, my last never guest know. is you never know, do you? never know. And um, my last guest is the lovely Chantel Lindsay. Chantel, welcome back to Into the Wild. Lovely to have you here. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Well, it's lovely to have you back. Um, what is your tipple, your drink this evening? My drink of choice is Jamaican gold rum. It's called Kingston 62. It's Whoa, here. As, wow. Well, no one can see that. I've held it up to the camera. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's fancy or not, but it's, it's that with apple juice. I'm not having it neat. I'm not that kind of girl. I was going to say, because you just held up the bottle then. That looked like you were just swinging from a bottle of rum. <laughs> I'm Jamaican, but not that Jamaican. (laughs) (laughs) And how well can you handle the... Is that your main drink? Is rum your go-to? Definitely, yes. As a proud Jamaican, definitely rum is my go-to. But I feel like I'm on the same wavelength as Lucy. Like I feel like I was a bit of a heavyweight before the pandemic. And then... All of a sudden, one of the last times that I got drunk, I was carried out of the nightclubs. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> By some <Nice>. great 
It's that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so did you did you guys not drink in lockdown? Because that's the only thing that <laughs> kind of got me through. <laughs> yes, but I went for like... I don't like, think I've stopped drinking yet. I did it differently. <laughs> I, I used to not drink in the week and then like go hard on Friday, Saturdays. But then in lockdown, it was just uh, every day, but like only one or two yeah. every day. So uh, yeah, I get you. I yeah. get you. Kind of I think flat-line. what I did, uh, like you guys said, I kind of like, I, I used to drink like maybe on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, definitely in a few pints on a Sunday. But then it just got to the point where I was like, God, the world. <laughs> and like by Monday afternoon, I was like, I need a beer. And I'm like, me. Like, <laughs> this has got bad. And it's just Am I stopped. an alcoholic? <laughs> yeah. At what, what point am I reliant? But it's not my problems. <laughs> I'm fine. It's everything else around me. <laughs> Um, yeah, is it quantities well, or days of the week? How do you quantify the alcoholic part? True. If it's, yeah, oh, that's true. If it's just a bit drunk every day, it's probably fine. It's a nice concert <laughs> level. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're talking to the judge now, Dan. <laughs> oh God! Or my you're sponsor. On a, if it's just a bit drunk every day, I think you'll find it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we're we're actually um, in a very different type of meeting right now. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound like that. Yeah. It is getting that way already, isn't it? Um, well, it's lovely to have you all here. My lineup tonight, so I've got uh, another bottle of Heineken. I'm about to start now. So just hey. your general lager. I've got that. Once I finish with this, I have a tiny, tiny bottle of Pinot Gringo. <laughs> Pinot Gringo. So I'll get on I found that. that really and funny. And then um, afterwards, after that, I've then got... Um, as the listeners will know, my classic whiskey. Nice. Yeah. What, what yeah. kind of whiskey have you got, Ryan? Oh, you're going to hate me. It's bourbon. I'm not a Scotch whiskey drinker. I've, no judgment here. No judgment here. No, 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 no judgment. <laughs> Stop talking to me. Um, now, it's, I, I, I'm a bourbon drinker. It's also just Jim Beam because, you know, sometimes oh. money's tight. So, um, Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, so those uh, that's my lineup that I've got. So we should probably roll on to Drunk Natural History. So I... as much as the listeners... Oh, go on. I just ask a question. Yeah. How small is that bottle of wine that makes to you? <laughs> it's, yeah, this is the thing. Being six foot seven, that could just be a standard bottle of wine. But it's it is it's um the one eight seven milliliters. Oh, specific. Oh, it's very cute. I would imagine, well, well, that's that's like a medium glass. It's the pathetic Why are you not that hilarious? <laughs> just because it looks like a full size bottle. <laughs> I've had half it, a beer. It's I heard it this really close. So I was like, and I've got a little bottle of wine. <laughs> okay, um, I'll be quiet. I just didn't want to get on. a full bottle because you know I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, the hundredth episode, yeah, Ryan just dies. That'd be yeah. tragic. Hundredth <laughs> episode is where it ends. <laughs> You're like, oh, how no did, one does anything else? How did he die? Was it like some sort of animal-related accident? No, we had uh, a <laughs> in a bottle of wine. <laughs> he just he just made the mistake of getting a full-size bottle of wine instead of a one eight seven milliliter bottle. <laughs> Um, okay, let's move in to our first uh, part of Drunk Natural History. Now, for the listeners, the first thing that's going to happen is called raunchy rituals. Now, I have got four animals lined up on my internet browser here, and I'm going to, at random, give my guests uh, one of these animals, and they have no idea which animal they're going to be given. Um, they'll have two minutes to, as accurately as possible, explain the mating ritual of this animal in... I'm going to use the word intense and detail um, as much as they can. Explain to us how these animals attract each other and go about their biz. 
Um, so I think we'll go. Bags in up first. The... Bag, bags in up first. <laughs> bags in up first. Did you say bags in up first. Not first. <laughs> yeah. Nose goes. Absolutely brilliant. Do you know what? I think I'm going to pick Lucy Latwell. No. no. <laughs> oh, you've got this. You've got this, mate. You've so got this. My bagseed. Oh, th- 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 yeah, but it doesn't matter. Um, Lucy, rule. you're going to go first. I know oh. you can do this. You can do this. If it's any consolation, I've given you a bird. Okay. Oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's not a native one, but it is a real bird. Okay. Okay. So, Lucy, are you ready for the name of your bird? No. Okay, right. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> You've got this. You've got this. Have faith in your knowledge. <laughs> um, right, okay, Lucy, you have two minutes to, as accurately as possible... Explain to us the mating ritual of the Crescent Cape Laporina, a.k.a. the bird of paradise known as a buckle cop. Okay, you have a very um, demure looking, very relaxed looking female bird. She's drab, she's brown, she's (laughs) plain Jane. (laughs) But she doesn't need to do anything else. She doesn't need to dress up for the fellas because it's the fellas who have to do all the hard work in this scenario. Why am I talking posh? Um, <laughs> I don't know, but it's working for some reason. Can I, go- can I Google the bird? Can I Google it and make sure it's the one? <laughs> can I Google a bird, watch a video and then explain it? No, <laughs> I just need to know it's the bird that I think it is. Okay. Go for it. You've got this. So got over this. time, for some reason, the females have decided that the male needs to go Harder than any- <laughs> the male now you're on the right lines. Um, dress um, in his attire as sexually as is humanly possible. And I think anybody could agree, no matter what species you are, that the male of this bird is, in fact, one of the most sexy creatures of all time. If it is the one I'm thinking of, he's a jet black all over with what could be described as Azure metallic blue. Am I, around, am I on the right lines? Yeah. You're doing well. Spot somewhere. And for some reason, somehow, out of his magic side pockets, he whips out some feathers. <laughs> <laughs> and he becomes not a bird shape, but a very sexy disc. For some reason, a very sexy disc. Um, that was the word disc, by the way. Disc. Disc with an SC. So he whips, he whips out his disc and flashes his disc. And for some reason, he swings side to side as this big black disc with two big blue spots in the middle of it and he, he twos and froze and twos and froze and he clicks as he does it I think if it's the one I'm thinking of and he goes and then for some reason she absolutely loves that so. <laughs> that's uh, what gets her goes for it. although gets it yeah, yeah if that's the one I think it is it's been like five minutes that's <laughs> okay for starters it's not <laughs> but I've got, I've got to say, like you, you've nailed that. We all knew you were going to nail that. That was impressive. You were, you were all, yeah, you were, you were spot on with exactly what happens. Was it? Um, is it that one? It is that one. It is my god, bird, the the Vogel cop bird who turns his feathers into a black kind of almost like a peacock, but completely black at the back, and he leans forward. And he's got the blue, almost neon blue. It's incredible, really. Round the oh eyes, my god, a disc in in kind of the front chest area that puffs out as well. And he moves from side to side, kind of like a, I don't know, like a wham music video. It's absolutely incredible. <laughs> so cool. Uh, 
see, now, I've even fallen for this trick. I've been so schmoozed by this bird that I thought it was like its wings. I didn't realise it was its tail. I've just been messing Yeah, it's his tail feathers. Oh, really? but you, I mean, you were very close. You, you, I mean, you were incredibly accurate. So well, well done, Lucy. There you go. Oh, you. You've, you've accurately described the, the raunchy ritual. Up next, let's go to Dan O'Neill. Dan, are you ready for your oh, God. Um, your animal? I can't follow this that. This is a UK one. Oh, God, that's, oh, well, you... that's even harder for me. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go. Oh, let's this go. might be one that Lucy would have preferred, actually. Yeah, thanks, it's, it's Ryan. It's not yeah. a bird. But it's not a bird. Got to put you all out your comfort zone. Um, so, Dan O'Neill, you have two minutes to, as accurately as, to, as possible, explain to us and describe the raunchy ritual of the UK garden snail. Oh, oh God. Okay. So these beautiful little, little wonderful hermaphrodites, um, they, they slither around the leaves onto each other. And when they found another, you know, very sexy, the hottest snail around, um, they both decide that they have to stab each other. I think... <laughs> With, I know it's very traumatic. In fact, I think I think like slugs all across the world, even in the sea, they're quite traumatic. They there's penis fencing and and it's, it's all gets quite wet as well. There's lots of moisture around. Um, so these so these two little garden snails, um, they'll uh, they'll like kind of do this strange like very wet hug, and then this little weird proboscis thing, just like like sticks in somewhere i don't know where it goes um and they wrap around um uh yeah and then they sort of like pulsate for a while and and then uh they kind of detach and then little baby snails come out baby snails that are all hermaphrodites and all excited to have lovely wet hugs with other snails too You're, when I said the UK garden snail, your mind instantly looked at me and went, if I just say wet as many times as possible. <laughs> they do, they love it. They do. Yeah. I can't argue with you. You were correct on the word wet. Yeah, they love it. They need it, actually. They need it. They do need it. Too yeah, much I'm not dry, taking it away yeah. from them. Don't get any desert snails, do you? No dry humping with snails. No, absolutely none. They go straight to it. Moist. Um, That's the word. Moist, yeah. I just wanted to say moist. Everyone hates that word. I hate that word. It's awful, especially in in these big headphones. It's not. Also, I didn't didn't go too much into the ritual, did I? I didn't even go too much into the ritual. I just went straight for the banging. (laughs) You did, yeah. You were like, do you know what? Any snail hole is a goal. That's why I went straight in there. Literally. What is the ritual? Yeah, is that one? Well, the ritual. Well, well, the one, the one bit that Dan absolutely got spot on was the love dart. They the love darts. A, okay, yeah. yeah. So they will fire a love dart into each other, which secretes hormones, which increases their. Uh, so the one that fires a dart will increase their chances of actually mm. inseminating the the mates that they're with. But they actually dance together. It's quite remarkable. They kind of come up. Head to head, and they'll go up vertically together and wrap around oh, each wow. other, and then whichever wow. one is more dominant oh. in that situation, well, the first one to fire the dart is the first one that I love um, a snail will inseminate the other. I love they are beautiful, snail. aren't they? I they found them, um, but you did. I found a garden snail with love dart, like mating with love dart. <gasps> you found the love dart. Mm-hmm. Like a. Cal- you always, well, Lucy, Cal- you Cal- always seem to sport. find animals shagging. What can I say? They just I have no, a vibe. Maybe it's some kind of like pheromone. <laughs> oh god 
<laughs> Lucy, I, I was I was on a walk with Lucy and she found um what we, oh my god why is my mind gone blank um, the alcohol we found alcohol um oh what, we were in Sherwood with Indy what did we find glowworms glowworms Jesus Christ uh, glowworms and you instantly found two mating and were like look at this and you picked them up I was like leave them to it <laughs> but you were like now nah, look get the macro camera out. <laughs> They were cool. They, they were cool. Yes. They were cool. But anyway. um, Dan, you were you you got the main point of the snail, which was the love dart. Yeah. Although and you the did wet hug, kind of yeah. make it a bit more aggressive <laughs> with stabbing. Yeah. No, but other snails do really. They they are a proper go at each other. I don't think those um those nudibranchs call it much of a, a love dart. That's like a, I'm going to stab you with my dick. Yeah. And it's like yeah. really quite. It's quite traumatic. I think it's actually called traumatic insemination, isn't it? Oh. Is it? We've oh, all been hold there. The phone. I've got to Google that. Which are the ones? I think it's actually. Do you know who has the most <laughs> up sex? Bed, bed, bugs. bed bug, yes. Bed bugs. They're what little they, they have yes. all the apparatus to have sex, but no, no. They want to stab each other to make it as horrible as possible. Yeah, right in the abdomen. Like, S&M? Ah. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Horrid no, no. little things. I've just, I've, just, I've just Googled, and I've got a feeling I'm going to have to explain to Christina why I've once Googled this, but I've Googled traumatic insemination. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Babe, it was for a show. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> it says traumatic insemination is a bizarre form of mating practiced by some invertebrates in which males use hypodermic genitalia to penetrate their partner's body wall during copulation, frequently bypassing the female genital tract um, and yeah, ejaculating into their blood system. <laughs> oh, uh, that's oh, no need God. for that. Nature's, <laughs> Nature's a bit horrible, isn't it? It's a bit horrible sometimes. I was asked to make this show more sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've gone off it. I think I've just gone off the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that is quite, like, it's traumatic just to hear about it. Those poor... Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie, I didn't enjoy reading that out. <laughs> I was reading about... Um, Imagine. I, I had a slight panic before this episode, and so I tried to read some mating rituals, and there's the leopard slug <laughs> on, the, on the snail theme. Mm. Which apparently does this, but upside down, so it like hangs on a little mucus line and then wraps itself yeah. around each other. And then they've got these like bright blue penises that shoot out the head, and that's what they like. Out the head, apparently so. Yeah, honestly, Actual I would I would pay hundreds of pounds to see that if anybody could ever show me that. I've seen I've seen photos and videos on I, Yeah, no. Do you see what I mean? She, she just bad. wants to see different animals. Back. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm getting alive. <laughs> Oh, well, I pay hundreds of pounds. I'm pretty sure, Lucy, if you Google it, you'll find it. Not the same. <laughs> well, Dan, you did a wonderful job. Um, okay, who's up next? Let's go. Chantel, Chantel, are you ready for your animal? I think so. <laughs> okay. Chantel, um, you have two minutes to, as accurately as possible, describe the mating ritual of the Nile crocodile. Oh, God. What? I have the no Nile idea. Crocodile. I'm going to tell you, I've got no idea, so I'm going to make it up. Think big. Think big. Okay. I imagine that now crocodiles, when you say think big, now it makes me think they've got a really big apparatus. <laughs> so I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's going to get really aggressive. Okay, right. So, I don't know. The male 
in all its spiky, gorgeous, green, amazing, Absolutely. aggressive glory goes up to the female. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they do a lot of, the male does a lot of snapping. It starts to snap its jaw, okay? Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of noise. Starts to thrash around in the water, going crazy. Um, the female sees this and is like, oh, you look like a viable male. I like you. A viable male. (laughs) You look available. (laughs) You look available. You're not with my friend. I think I can take you. Um, It's making me want to start going Australian. Um, Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Channeling Steve Irwin. Um, That's pretty good. Do you like it? Mm. Um, I was once told by an Australian that it was terrible, um, but I'm going to go with you. So, <laughs> I'm going to regret this so much. Okay, so. Only for your Australian followers. <laughs> I'm sorry, Australian followers. This is terrible. Okay, right. The male sees the female. He's thrashing around. The female sees him, and then they start to head bob. <laughs> They're head bobbing together side to side, <laughs> side to side. He then yeah. produces his uh, Nile crocodile-sized apparatus. <laughs> I'm a CBeebies oh, presenter. <laughs> Is that what he does? I'm just going to go with apparatus. <laughs> yeah, you can translate for me. Gets that out. And um, then he goes underneath her. He goes back up. <laughs> And then he goes underneath her again. She's impressed at this point. She's aroused. She loves that. And then he gets on top of her. They rub bodies. Synchronised swimming going on here. (laughs) They rub spikes. And um, I'm thinking at this point that he's going to jeopardise his life and he's going to go underneath the water. So he's like upside down and she's on top. And he inserts his big apparatus and then... Baby crocodiles are born. <laughs> wow, I mean, wow. Magical. That, Magical. That went on a rotisserie journey. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's not the way that it should is done, it should be done like that. It I should just, be. It's I your, love I'm going to have a word with every Nile crocodile and go, you need to do more circles in this mating ritual. <laughs> you, you, I've got to say, you got a lot of things quite accurate, though. I will say really? the male does a lot of thrashing. So there's a few things they do. You are completely right. That So it will happen in the water for a start. And they will make a lot of bellowing uh, vibrations. So they kind of shiver down their back and ripple the water. This obviously only not only attracts a female, but will the females can feel the vibration within the water. A lot like sharks can as well, can feel movement. So that draws more females in. So they're going to do a lot of thrashing, a lot of moving. And then they will actually measure up next to the female. So oh. kind of like crossing jaws like kind of like an, in an x shape copulation side of things i'm not quite sure they go in round in circles as many times as you said <laughs> <laughs> but they will kind of like all reptiles obviously that they have a, a cloaca so everything's on the inside so they have to kind of join cloacas together somehow which will involve some twisting in the water so but you were for someone that had no idea as you said you were quite... That's pretty what's neat. showing us? What Basically, that, I got five out of five, Ryan. Don't be. <laughs> Dan, is that a crocodile <laughs> penis? That's a crocodile's knob. Wow. Oh, that's All right, for the listeners, Dan O'Neill's just shown us a croc <laughs> pic. That looks like the baby from a razor head. 
<laughs> it looks like the lead singer of Radiohead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tom York, I'm so oh, sorry. I was going to say Prince York. <laughs> right, I got it. It looks, it looks, it looks like a turtle. Yeah, I thought it does. too. Yeah. It looks like a really, really damaged turtle. Yeah. yeah. It looks like a turtle that got trapped in a propeller and is on its way to a, a rehabilitation centre. Yeah. Shame. Looks like a turtle that got trapped in a crocodile's cloaca. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> We've all been there. I've got it on a t-shirt. You know that when you just get trapped in a. Um, okay. Well, Chantel, well done. You Thank you. And, and it was it was it was beautiful to watch you explain that. Thank you. That was so good. I love that. Um, okay. Last but certainly not least, um, uh, Isla, are you ready for your animal? No, I'm actually I'm scared, but. You do look quite nervous. Yeah, but Chantel did a great job. So another gym. If I don't know it, I'll try and make up the best I can. Easy one to follow. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Isla Hodgson, you have two minutes to, as accurately as possible, describe the raunchy rituals of the white spotted pufferfish. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I've got no idea, but I'm gonna I'm gonna guess because it's a pufferfish. It involves some sort of like inflation. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> As most sex does. Right. Yes, that is that is the best sentence we've ever had on the show. <laughs> yeah, no judgment, no judgment. Uh, but you know, uh, anyway, right? Okay. So let me try and um, let me try and make this romantic if I can. All right. So you're a fe- female. Was it was it a white spotted pufferfish? It was. And I will say before you go on, I'll pause your clock. Go down the romantic route. Go down. The- oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. Nice. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all, all right. I'm gonna say. So imagine, imagine, listeners, dear listeners, you're a female pufferfish, and you're just drifting through the open ocean, just minding your own business. And then all of a sudden, to your left is a great big white spiky balloon. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it's actually the uh, sexiest male pufferfish you've ever seen in your life. And he spends his time, you know, getting to know you. He's very polite. Um, He takes you out for dinner at the local coral reef. <laughs> don't know where you find these find these fish. Takes you out for dinner, wines and dines you, he's very respectful. Thursday drops you back off at your house. Doesn't expect anything. Next day he's right there again to take you for breakfast. Um and he, he's very polite. Uh wines and dines you and you're very impressed by how uh how much he can puff himself up. This is so complex <laughs> for a pufferfish. You go dancing, you spin around each other, you maybe you maybe inflate yourself and you bounce off each other for a while. Um and it's all lovely. And then you the pair of you float off into the sunset. There you go. That's Beautiful. how that's how I imagine it happens. Aww. Well, you have you have described accurately the Disney Pixar production. Of two puffer fish. Actually, <laughs> if, being in love. If it was Disney, it would probably be like the the guy the the puffer fish is like a, the male puffer fish is a bit of a you know he's a bit shy and a bit of a yeah. awkward one and he 
spikes himself into something and is like, oh no, while well, he's inflated. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> pops another bu- uh, puffer fish, yeah, or Comedy something like scene. that. But I've, I've God. Now, I, I don't know these fish at all, and I've now got an image in my head of just this like really lovely like romantic comedy going on between uh, two puffers. <laughs> You you've got like a four season of will they won't they kind of puffer fish story of oh god we won't find out till season four, <laughs> the end. But I've got to say I think like all four of you would have seen this footage. I'm pretty sure you would. But the males actually go to such effort to create artwork on the ocean floor where they move sand to create these almost like crop circle kind of patterns to attract the female in so they will they're usually usually in circle shapes but they will create these they're usually about six foot across they can be and this puffer fish only will be about 12 inches so it's quite quite a large span for it and it will create these linear patterns within a circle and almost like a bird creating a nest or a display, which attract the females in. And then the female will travel among these nests because they can be in close proximity. And then she'll decide whether which one she'll go for. So it's quite a romantic. It's an art form. Ah, I love beautiful. nature. That's really sweet. <laughs> and I would encourage everyone listening now to just Google image white spotted pufferfish <laughs> display it is absolutely beautiful you got the most beautiful one yeah i was gonna say where does the traumatic insemination begin? <laughs> well, we've gone full circle here full circle. yeah we have haven't we yeah i was gonna say a lot of like marine uh marine sex especially in sharks is like really brutal and you know not very romantic at all so that's that's lovely hang on i'm gonna google it White spotted. Please do, because it's absolutely beautiful. Oh. Like, when you see the displays. I'm, like, swooning. I'm like, oh. Why don't you get this? <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Yeah. FOMO. Fish FOMO. Um, oh, there's a, li- there's a little picture of him hugging. That's oh. really cute. <laughs> see, you were on the right lines. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of effort goes in. But there was no inflation involved. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's very, like, you know, it was filmed, I think that, I think, you know, there was, uh, on documentaries it's been shown, it's just one of those memorable things that you see from the wildlife mating rituals where you go, well, I'm not forgetting that. It is That's beautiful. amazing. It's like it's... the original spirograph. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yay. It's absolutely incredible. So there you go. Amazing. Well, well done. All four, I've got to say, all four of you, well done for, you know, creating... But what about you, and Ryan? I've got one for you. Done, you're going to get one to me? Done. Jesus Christ, we're going off script. Oh, yes, yeah. Chantel. Okay, go and on. I'm only giving Don't you two because it's like... Don't pick a bird. If it's a bird, you can <laughs> off now. Well, it's a bird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bird and it's one of my favourite rituals ever. It's the Great Crested Grebe. And you've got mm. to have seen this, surely. Go, Ryan. Crested Grebe. Oh, God. Why does this podcast always go back to birds? I made it so (laughs) clear online. He's like, get off the show, Chantal. Jesus Christ. Right, okay. The Great Crested Grebe. Um, Okay. Water. That's my first word. (laughs) Okay, so, so maybe the males help build the nest. So they'll grab some... Okay, you're looking at me as if they don't. So they don't do that at all. They let the woman do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you go for it, Ryan. Go. 
I'm going to keep talking and I'm going to change as your face changes. So this is as much you as it is me. Remember that. <laughs> I think we I think we need more theatrics, please, Ian. Please. Uh, you you want me to do this through dance? <laughs> you, you are the comedian repro- here. We need we need more. No pressure. What? Jesus Christ, that's intense. <laughs> Sound like Chortle now. You are the comedian, Ryan. We need more from you. Um, okay. Right. <laughs> you sound like every one of the reviewers in my Edinburgh 2019 show. <laughs> um, okay. Right. Okay. So they, I, I would imagine, Chantel, I'm looking at you. Uh, the female will create the nest. She's nodding, listeners. Okay. So the female creates a display whilst the male will do some diving in the water, probably because. They're water-based birds. Nodding. Okay, is that nodding at the diving or the water-based bird? Water. <laughs> water, brilliant. So we're still on water. So they'll dive up and down around the nest going, look at this crest. Oh, <laughs> Dan, don't. I'm, I'm busy. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Like, all right, check out the crest, and they'll be like, Grieve me, mate, you've got it going on, and that's it. I don't know. Wow, oh. it is hard. Me, this is hard. Yes, yes, it is. Yes. Yes. It's very difficult, Jesus. But, but well, I am five pints in, so what? Okay, I think none, on, I think none do? of that was right. That's yeah, it. I'm going to say absolutely zero. <laughs> Maybe water. Really? Water is it. I mean, you kept, you kept talking about a crest, but gesticulating to your chest. <laughs> yeah, it, for the listeners, he kept Lucy. like hitting his chest like a, yeah. a, I don't know how you describe it, without, you know, like an alpha mm. male, like, yeah. here I for am. For the listeners, for this, I wasn't. Yeah, there's also some sort of like silent... Kind of thrusting going on as well. <laughs> a, a, a light kind of small thrust. <laughs> that was my nickname in school, actually. Small thrust. <laughs> small thrust. <laughs> oh, so, so much information. <laughs> to be honest, you got the diving part right. So, okay. Because just because it's one of my favourite David Attenborough moments and I actually cried like an uh, absolute When he had baby. sex with a great... Person. Yes, that okay. that moment. <laughs> so actually, they do this really beautiful thing. So they like dance with each other. So they do this like head bobbing and they go like side to side, like head bobbing, side to side. And then apparently one dives to go and get some like greenery and they pop up and they're like, oh, I like the look of your greenery. And then I think it's probably more complex than this. But the thing that I took from it is like they walk on water together, like Jesus. Yeah. Um so they okay, go. It's definitely more complex than what you just said. <laughs> I don't know if it's more complex than this, but they walk on water and defy gravity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, birds, birds by definition often do defy gravity. That's the that's the kind of the, <laughs> whole, the whole USP of <laughs> USP. Is is that actually is that is that fact or is that are you projecting what they do? Just <laughs> again. That's a perfect description, Santella. Thank yeah, you. It's, it's beautiful, Ryan. It is. You should, you should watch the video. Recommend it. And with David Attenborough's voice okay. in the background, it's magic. Absolute magic. I, if you magic. don't shed a tear, then I will drink a couple of shots. I've not oh. cried yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> 
we are waiting the shots. <laughs> <laughs> this is drunk natural <laughs> history. We are waiting the shots. God, I didn't know it was drunk <laughs> natural history. We did just have raunchy rituals. So far so. it has been. I prefer the term wet hug. <laughs> <laughs> wet hug I sounds the... like some kind of new, like, obnoxious band off, like, TikTok. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> am, I, am I thinking like wet leg? I think I'm thinking of wet leg. Oh, God. oh my God. Headline in Reading Festival this year is wet hug. <laughs> Traumatic wet hug. Oh, Traumatic God. wet hug. Oh. oh, no. Oh, God. No, that's their first <laughs> album. Wet Hugs yeah. debut album, Traumatic Insemination. <laughs> insemination yeah. at Download Festival this yeah, year. Literally. Um, okay. Oh, well, dear. ladies and gentlemen... Um, okay, so round two. Uh, it is at this point of the show, I will say, either drink or make a new drink, depending on what you want to do. I know you look like... Right. Are we all topped up? Chantel, have you just changed? <laughs> yes. Sorry, I've just changed into my dressing gown. From a onesie to a dressing gown, I'm getting really... I've got a hot water I've bottle. never had guests do an outfit change on the show before. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Um, if you've grabbed a new drink, I will encourage you to drink now. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. 100th episode, yes. Woo. Right, okay. Let's let's go on to our next part of Drunk Natural History. Uh, guys, we're going to go on to... Some nature stories from you all. You've all prepared a nature story that you're willing to share with us. Um, uh, Dan, let's start with yourself. Ooh, a nature story. So this this round really is just to share an interesting, funny, odd, bizarre story that you would like to share with the group that's happened to you within natural history and your career. On you go. Okay. Well, I've got two. You're on mute. And you can... Ch- oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was on mute. There we go. Um, so I've, I've been incredibly silent for the past few minutes. Then. <laughs> <laughs> That's quiet down. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I've got two stories. You can pick which one you want because one of them's great, but it's not about me. Okay. Interesting. So I'd like to tell you the story about what happened to my friend Esteban. Because um, oh. it's just quite funny and it's very Esteban. <laughs> uh, I've, so I've never actually had a... Had a a, an, a conversation with Esteban where we can understand each other because he doesn't speak any English and I don't speak any Spanish, really, except for one or two words and the words that Esteban taught me. But a few years ago, I was working as a biologist in Mexico and we were taking university students out and doing a series of different uh, sorts of projects and I was doing habitat. So we'd have the longest walks because we'd have to do box plots at certain intervals on really long transects into the jungle. And I would often not be able to bring students because actually it's quite dry work. The students didn't really, there was no need. So I would just go with Esteban. And they partnered me with Esteban because he knew the names of every single tree in that forest. And I knew none of them. And I had to like log them and then we had to do certain different things. And so he would just be like, Chacaroco, Negro. And that was our entire relationship. <laughs> and he called me, um, and, and he called me Hombre Sendero, which means trail man. And I called him Mr. Superman. <laughs> so as you can imagine, after months, we had a really lovely relationship. And the one time that I wasn't working with Esteban and he went out with another person, the most insane wildlife encounter happened to Esteban. 
that I have ever heard anyone have in my life. And if I hadn't heard it, if I hadn't been at this place and heard it from someone as honest as Esteban, translated, I wouldn't believe that it was true. But he... Wow. Okay, so in, in the Selva Maya, which is the entire forest ecosystem in that Mexican area in the, in the Yucatan, mm. there are no river systems. There's no rivers anywhere. In fact, that entire forest was planted and propagated by the Mayans. So it, it's literally, it's, it's not actually a completely, totally natural forest. So when you hear about fish arriving to town from the sea, Esteban was going to go and get the fish. So he was very late for work that day because someone told him <laughs> that there was fish and he was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get the fish. So he was walking through the jungle on his own to meet the team. Um, uh, which is usually fine. You don't, you're not that scared. I mean, it's not that scary. But he turned around and about 100 metres from him, staring at him, on the trail was a big male jaguar. And it oh. just looked at him. And he was like, oh, no. Oh, no. And it ran straight towards him. <gasps> no. And bless Esteban, all he did is he stood still and he just went... <gasps> like that. <laughs> and it ran straight past him. Wow. And what they believed happened, and he and they never actually made it to the box plot. As you can probably imagine, that was quite a traumatic experience. So he ran crying back to camp and he arrives going... <gasps> um, because it's horrible. But what the scientists there believe is that it was likely so intoxicated by that smell of fish that it had never experienced, that it was just so interested in what it was, um, mm. that it was just very intrigued. And therefore, like, that was all quite a... And I think when it got close to Esteban, it was like, no, no fish! Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Can you repeat that, Dan? Can you say that again? <laughs> not a fish. Um, I want that as a text alarm. Um, <laughs> every time someone texts me, I'm like, oh, fish. not a fish. Um, bless us, man. He looks a little bit more like a tape here. Um, but they, um, he, um, he was a lovely, he is, a, he is not, he didn't die from this experience. Esther was very much still alive. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think Sorry, that's Sorry, that's absolutely... way too late in the story to announce that. Yeah. And then on his way back, it got him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that I think. Oh my God. Actually, do you know what the sub part of that is? I was searching for years and years and years, like eight mm. years of jungles <clears throat> all over the place looking for jaguars. And that did had that experience and I wanted it so bad and I wish I was chased by that jaguar. Um, and it <laughs> wasn't for good... <laughs> yeah. So you lucky bastard, um, Esteban, I would kill for that story. Um, so but yeah, cool. I think that's one of the coolest wildlife stories I've heard. It's not very wow. funny though, is it? I mean, it had its peak. The fish, the yeah. fish was the, the good fish. way to kill it. <laughs> you you um, added to that story with your impression of the jaguar. You gave to that story. Not a fish. There you go. I now see it being turned into an opera. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Esteban and the jaguar. Um, oh my God, what an incredible encounter mm. Jesus though cool right you would I mean I, I've worked with cats if one charged at me I would defecate everywhere oh wow <laughs> that is a graphic it's, image 
Yes, it is. And it was also the name of my first book. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's the second album by uh, Wet Hug. <laughs> <laughs> Defecate everywhere by Wet Hug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Christ. Okay, well, Jesus. Um, thank you so much for sharing that tale. Um, Lappers, you're up next. What is your oh God. nature story? <clears throat> um, well, mine's much less um, dramatic and a lot less glamorous than that. Um, <laughs> God, uh, where to start? I can't hang on. I need to think of the context. I'm feeling the two beers I've had now. Um, yeah. <laughs> so mine is based in good old Sherwood Forest. I feel like everything comes back to Sherwood Forest. <laughs> but I, I worked there for a um, year and a bit, a couple of years back. And this was a year that uh, I was starting to like hone in quite a lot of my bird skills and get like really quite nerdy with stuff like birdsong ID and that kind of thing. And I was, I was carrying out a few surveys. And that year, young Indies, young Indies, young Indies. Um, it's not a fucking goshawk. No, I'm sick. It wouldn't be now. No, no, no. No, it's not. It's a lot less glamorous than that. We'd found a, a couple of lesser spot of woodpecker nests in the um, mm. in the forest, and we'd borrowed some equipment from some people who monitor lesser spot of woodpeckers called the Lesser Spot of Woodpecker Network. Ken, Ken and Linda, I do believe. Shout out, <laughs> Ken and Linda, Ace. And they lent us some equipment the team at Sherwood to uh, monitor the nests because woodpeckers the thing about them is that they peck the wood kind of does what it says on the no, tin no bluff <laughs> bluff what they peck um, the wood they, they peck the wood they peck what is this, is this another, is this another mating season yeah <laughs> so hang on right I'm going to have to go back to school on because these things hold birds right um, yeah. and they yeah so where they, where they nest obviously is in in wood and so it's not as easy to it's not as easy to observe the nest as it is with the birds who perhaps build their nest. Shut up. In uh, Sorry. you know, open spaces where you can see them. So you need to have some fancy way of doing it. So Ken and Linda came up with this genius idea of what looks like the creepiest long witch's finger on a stick. It's like a, a extendable pole with a stick at the end. Um it's like really long and skinny and the tip of the skinny finger is a little camera and so you poke the skinny finger into like a nest hole <laughs> very gently so we have these in shop <laughs> oh my god I'm pretty sure the thing is all... this is such an innocent story as well this is, this is... I'm pretty yeah. sure all they all they use it for is woodpecker nest I'm sure there's no ulterior motive sure, literally sure. just that um, <laughs> and, uh, it's a drunken night. So this doesn't even this isn't even anything to do with the story yet. Well, it is a little bit, but it's not nothing to do with less spot Anyway, so we found a couple of nests. <laughs> we were observing them, and one day, one of our conservation staff called Carl, him and a, a lady called Louise, I think who worked at the Woodland Trust, she'd heard she'd been walking through the woods and she'd heard chicks peeping. She was like, "Ooh, she'd found a lesser spot woodpecker nest." So she came back. We went out with a creepy stick finger. Um, that <laughs> evening so this was the first one that I'd done my own observation of the nest so you can get a live feed onto an iPad of inside a letter spot woodpecker's nest it's incredible it was amazing the annoying thing about this nest that Louisa found was that it was about it was about I'd say 9.7 meters high of and the, the length of the length of the stick was 10 meters so you are at your absolute max of your creepy finger stick so <laughs> I'm there on the floor trying to wangle this stick into this hole from, like, <laughs> from, the, yes. oh. from such a low point. 
and eventually got it in. This is not even the part of the story that's the bad bit. Managed to, managed to film the Lessons Bubble Pickers. It was amazing. And then I had this heart-stopping moment where I couldn't get the thing out of the hole. And it must have been for like five seconds. But in my mind, I saw my entire career flash before my eyes. I was like, I've killed them all. This is just the worst thing ever. <laughs> anyway, it came out. So then I was really paranoid that I'd like, because like one of my big irks about like, um, bird surveys is like the thought of like disturbing the birds for a long time when they're trying to mm, the chicks. Yeah. These chicks were like ripe and ready to, to pop. They were ready to, to, to fledge the nest. So they were pretty much, you know, like in full plumage. So instead of, you know, just leaving, I fell, uh, well, I walked backwards into the woods and went and hid a little bit at a distance so I could just make sure the adults were still coming back and I'd not upset things too much. So I went and sat back in the woods and to hide, I kind of crouched down behind these ferns and I sat on a log this is where everything started going wrong. Sat on a log, watched, adults came back, feed in, grand, everything's, everything's great, I'm not going to lose my job. Went back, submitted the footage. This was on a Friday evening. Saturday was Birmingham Pride. So I got back late that night. This was in May. I got back late that night because I'd been at the nest. I'm a bit minging, so I didn't have time for a shower. Got up in the morning, got all my glitter gear on and everything, went to Birmingham got on the gins by 10 a.m., drank all day, got absolutely wasted, ended up getting back home at about 2 a.m. the next day, party, 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 got the next day, and it was the first time I was doing a story for BBC Springwatch's Instagram, and I was really nervous about it, but I was so hungover, Dan, I was like, you. <laughs> so <laughs> I threw up quite a few times and then headed oh out. God. And because I got up late and I was like, I need to send this stuff to Hannah Stitfall. Like, this is my this is my first chance. Like, ah, I need to do it right. So like, I just scrubbed the glitter off, like put a bit of eyeliner on, tried to make myself look presentable, headed out the door and then filmed this thing, tried not to throw up that the whole way of it. And then as I was driving home, I was, I remember driving and my arms on the steering and I looked at my arm and I was like, what's that? And I kind of like touched my arm and I was like, it's like, it's raised. I was like, oh, it's a tick. Oh, oh, no. So I got home and picked it off and then I got in the shower when I got back. <laughs> oh, God. You had a tick on you for all of that stuff. Is no, it no, no, no. I had more than one. So I got in the shower and I was like, oh, I thought it was the glitter from Pride because I was covered in glitter. And it became apparent that over the over my back, my arse, I'm not going to like, I'll spare details, but under various female areas that I have. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I had a total of 12 ticks. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Oh. You thought they were glitter. Well, I had lots of glitter all over me. So it was That's like... so horrible. There was speckles all over me. So I'd had, in my first Instagram story on BBC Springwatch, there was a tick on my neck, unbeknown to me. Oh, God. There was one on my back, well, the back and the armpit, and just everywhere. They are the absolute worst. They're the absolute worst. You know, the whole time I had, I didn't know... Where the, what the story was going to end in? <laughs> I thought they didn't realise it was going to be parasitic. Yeah, 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 parasitic. So I basically ticks. sat in a tick. I mean, that's the most I've, I've had loads of ticks, but that's the most I've had on my body at any one time. It was, and I suspect there was probably more because they were so tiny. It was just, oh it was my minimal. god! Oh, oh right. that's so horrible. Yeah. All for some le- lesser spotted work. I know. <laughs> Do you know it's not worth it, mate? It's not worth it. It's not worth losing blood over. <laughs> like, I, I love nature and I love all wildlife, but I, I, I really struggle to see the point in ticks. Yeah. Like, they're just, they are just yeah. the worst. That, that's it's so it's one of those, it's one of those creatures, isn't it? We, we, we had them go into Nature Room 101 on the show and they won. They won. They went in. So yeah. don't worry about it. They're gone. 
Controversial opinion, though. I would controversially, I'd rather have a tick than a horse fly bite any day of the week. Oh god, no! Horse fly bites hurt though, as well, don't they? It's just the swelling. Do you know that there's there's giant horse flies? Where? Yeah, in the UK, giant ones, which are like giant. Yeah, I saw one. I'm thinking of horses, though. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're not that big. Actual horses. <laughs> they're bigger than you'd expect. And I was like, what is that? It's huge. And it was a giant horse fly. So imagine oh. getting bitten by that. Horrid. Oh, God, no. Oh. No, 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 thank you. Mm. Right, okay, well, that was... Um, I, I'm, I'm going to say now, like, I, I'm opening the Pinot Grigio. Now, <laughs> the tiny bottle of Pinot Grigio. The tiny bottle. In fact, I can't because um, but I'm going to keep trying to open it whilst we're cracking on. Um, Isla Hodgson, you're up next for your nature story. Do you want to um, enthrill in, in, in us with your nature tales? Like, interestingly enough, actually, I did. I, I really struggled with this question because I've had quite a few. So I went along the sort of like weird and unusual route and I think like I've had quite a few odd things happen so speaking of Chantel just popping at the loo there I have actually peed in front of a wild elephant before that was pretty weird <laughs> um that's good to protect yourself yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's not my actual story I used to work as a I, I worked in South Africa for quite quite a while I did um a safari guide course and I did a, a vet tech course and you know the African bush is famously not great for toilets so sometimes you know if you, if you need to go <laughs> no, you've no. just got just got to hop off into the bush and I was midstream as it were and a, a adult female elephant like rounded the corner and we both just kind of like looked at each other for a while and she looked at me and I looked at her and I think she just kind of like in the wise way that elephants do I think she realized that I was in quite a compromised position and and, and thankfully <laughs> didn't choose to stampede me um but yeah so I was I was almost going to tell that story and then I remembered um a story of when I used to work in an aquarium so back home back in uh northeast of England uh, when I was a a student I made money by working at this aquarium over the holidays and I was about a couple of weeks into the job and we used to have like little radios just in case anything went wrong or any of the team had to, you know, mm. communicate with one another. And I got this uh, this call through um, from the lovely girl at the front desk. Um, I mean, no judgment at all, but she just wasn't an outdoorsy person at all. Uh, and we did have that conversation, which I was like, are you sure you want to work in an aquarium? And she was like, yeah, but I don't have to see any of the marine life. Like she was absolutely terrified of like <laughs> anything. I'm happy taking the calls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was like quite happy just being at the front desk, but she had never actually been into the aquarium itself to see any of the animals at all, which is hilarious. Um, wow. Fair enough. Whatever you like. Um, but anyway, she, she radioed me and she was like, I need one of the marine biology team. Stat, like immediately and in the background I could hear all these kids screaming and so in my head I went through all of these different scenarios of what could have what could possibly be happening so I was like oh my god like someone's had a heart attack one of the kids has like really badly injured themselves or you know someone's wandered in from the street and is terrorizing children like <laughs> went through all of these scenarios in my head um, it's a plethora of in- <laughs> incidents yeah yeah god because we used to have um 
we used to also do kids parties, you know, mermaid parties, pirate parties. It was always a great laugh. And so I radioed her back and was like, okay, can you tell me, you know, what's, what's wrong? Why do you need, like, do you need a first aider? Do you need, like, no, she was like, no, I need you. I need someone who knows animals. And I went, right, okay. And I said, can you tell me what's wrong? And she was like, no, you're just going to have to come here now. It's an emergency. So I, like, ran through the whole aquarium ran to the the room where the party is and you can hear the kids like as as you get in there you can hear them screaming at the top of their lungs and like there's oh banging going on and I was like what on earth open the door <laughs> and I could not I couldn't see anything I couldn't see anything wrong there was I, I did a quick assessment there was like the roof hadn't caved in there was no one was bleeding everything was fine and <laughs> I, I found I found this uh, girl at the front desk um and to add to the comedic value she was dressed as a pirate which was quite funny. Brilliant. Looked at her and I just said, what's the matter? And she pointed like this, like shaken finger into the middle of the room. <laughs> and in the, in the middle of the room, like all the kids had like scattered to the side of the room and were on tables. And in the middle was just a crab by itself. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, it wasn't it wasn't like a, it, it wasn't a big one it wasn't like you know one of these Japanese spider crabs it wasn't like a king crab you know the ones with the really long spindly legs it was just like you know little edible crabs that you can get um I mean to be honest to be honest right um so so I'm I'm a scuba diver and I will say that uh those kind of crabs are like they will try and take you on they're quite um like when you when you go over the top Cocky of them crabs. it's really sad it makes me really sad every time they're like they raise their claws up and they're like come at me if you think you're hard enough and it's just <laughs> hilarious anyway um and so i couldn't believe it because this crab it was quite big for a crab of its species but you know they're quite they're not the biggest animals <laughs> in the world and humans also eat them um and i said are you are you referring to the fact that there's a crab in the room and she was like yeah <laughs> So I just scooped it up and when it took it back and what had happened is we had a touch pool, which, okay, this was a, I will preface this by saying this was like a summer job as a marine biologist. I'm not a big fan of touch pools. I don't think that you should be mm. prodding marine life. It's a bit rude and just not great for the animals involved. Um, but we did have one, we had a touch pool and it was basically just, you know, any British rock pool life that you'd find. And I found out from a boss that this crab was a serial offender, so it would repeatedly <laughs> es- it would repeatedly escape from the touch pool, and somehow find its way out of the aquarium. Somehow get past all the people, all the workers, and it would always go to the front desk and terrorise this like <laughs> this oh. staff member to to the front desk. To the front desk. Tap the bell. Um, and so oh. what what I did at the end of the day is a. I waited until I was the last one. I waited until everyone had gone. I was doing and all my killed the crab. Doing all my animal checks. Yeah, and took it over for my dinner. No. Um, <laughs> I actually lifted him out of the pool, popped him in my bag, and uh, we were right on the beach, so I took him down and uh because he clearly wanted Aww. to be free, so Aww. set him free. But I, I cannot describe to you the and there were adults in that room as well. I could not describe to you the sheer carnage that one <laughs> little edible crab and he was just I've got so much respect because he just stood in the middle of the room with his claws aloft and was like oh, come on then um, so I was like yeah you deserve to be back in the wild I wonder what he went on to achieve uh, yeah. he's probably like president of 
uh, Whitley Bay crabs. Oh, <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. Or he was like, I've never been in the wild before and lasted about <laughs> an hour and a half before <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what's the wild? He Why am I here? This is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, this died of shock. I was in a really comfortable place. I love to go visit that lady that likes me at the desk. And now what's happened? You've put me in here with sharks and octopuses. <laughs> Oh, Immediately, no. Yeah. Immediately, no. That, Immediately that, no. Crab, that crab. That crab is dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Immediately, no. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Just I, I had it. <laughs> pushed him. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, he, he went. 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 He yeah, so this aquarium, to be quite honest, it used to take the animals that it would put in the touch pool, literally, like, so I'm from a place called Whitley Bay, which is, a, like, the coastline by Newcastle, um, and the aquarium is... I probably shouldn't say this, actually, because you can tell which aquarium it is. Oh, God. Um, it's the aquarium, like... Yeah, the crab-murdering uh, aquarium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can tell by which one it is because they're missing an edible crab. <laughs> Terrorising killer crab. Um, yeah. And it was, They've got everything bar an edible crab. <laughs> Literally, yeah. you're joking, but they did have everything. Like, people used to call us up with animals that had been um, either, you know, taken from being exotic pets or, you know, ones that had been rescued and send them to us. So in an aquarium, we actually had iguanas. We also had marmosets, like little <laughs> tiny, um, little tiny Aww. monkeys. Yeah. All sorts. And Just struggling to swim. <laughs> yeah. We also yeah. Had a oh, God. We also, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, we also had a shark tunnel as well, um, all kinds of things. But um, I, I rather naively thought I could change it from the inside and... Yeah, it's, I, yeah I mean, I, I've, I've worked for an aquarium as well. I'm, and I'm happy to say which one because it's, um, it's my show. Uh, so <laughs> I, don't so I don't have to worry so much. Uh, but I used, to, I used to work not for, but with Sea Life through Merlin Entertainment with Sea Life Centre. And there's a lot of question marks throughout all aquariums, but with these as well. But we had um, one of the species that a Sea Life has to have is a common octopus you have to have it's like a key species you have to have it in every aquarium but it took a number of years for sea life to figure out that these animals were you know obviously incredible at escaping out their tanks because you know they can fit through the tiniest of gaps as long as their beak can fit out they can get out and they can last for a certain amount of time out of water and we didn't realize that obviously we knew that but we didn't realize it was happening at our aquarium until we realized that our shore crab population was going down and we couldn't figure out why. Um, but then we realised that the common octopus tank, so back of house, all the tanks are open top, but no one can get to them. And the octopus was just getting out every evening and then dropping into next door's tank and just <laughs> eating all the shorecrabs. <laughs> and just going around to this all-you-can-eat buffet of shorecrabs and then going back and we're like, where the hell are all the shorecrabs gone? And we're going, that octopus has got bigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but I mean, great enrichment for the octopus, not so great enrichment for the crab. So you know, every every cloud, oh, yeah. every cloud. But it's it's it's, it's amazing. It's ama- the working with marine life in aquariums is not an easy thing to do. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you say that because we had the exact same problem with octopus in ours as well. They mm-hmm. used to get out the top of the tank all the time, and yeah. I would repeatedly, repeatedly go to the to the top management and be like, "Hey, these are super intelligent animals." Yeah, they like, don't need to be. Yeah, so yeah, it should tell you like something about the how good the aquarium was by the fact that they allowed a. I think I was in first year, first year marine biology student to uh, <laughs> to basically be in charge <laughs> of the animals. Um, so so yeah, I, I didn't stay very long, but um, but yeah, that that crab story will stick in my mind. If anything, just for the screaming children and the just sheer comedic value of me scanning the room <laughs> and thinking there was going to be something huge there, and just this tiny I little crab that. in the room. So love really, that. Brilliant. What Amazing. a badass! What a badass crab! Um, Did you ever name the crab? Um, we named a couple of them. Um, what was that one called? I want to say that we called it something clever like Houdini because he kept escaping. Um, we did have one called Thor, who was <laughs> enormous, like one of these massive edible crabs that gets to be about that big. Yeah, and. Oh, wow. We quickly had to take him out of the tank because he was pulling the limbs off the other crabs. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you do not do remove me from this tank, I will keep ripping the limbs <laughs> off of other <laughs> crabs. Do you yeah. understand? <laughs> Get him out! <laughs> yeah. But crabs, crabs are cool. Crabs are cool. Like every single species that you see when you dive in, each one has a different personality. Like I love them. I love them. It's by the way, guys, it's way better seeing them in the natural <laughs> environment rather than seeing them in a touch pool. Wow. Yeah. Just putting that out there. Well, yeah. thank you so much cool. for your edible crab story. And, you know, I hope he or she is still out there now. Yeah. They're not. Um, Chantel, <laughs> well, this brings us on to you for your nature story sure i mean i feel like mine's gonna be much shorter but it's just a testament to how irresistible i am um, <laughs> <laughs> what an introduction <laughs> says on her tinder profile <laughs> <laughs> and hinge um, okay <laughs> So basically, um, I used to have three rabbits and they were all meant to be brothers and sisters. They were lionhead rabbits. Um, there was one male and two females, all meant to be brothers and sisters. Um, and I came in and they were all on my bed, as you do. Um, they were just having a chill session. I was going to groom them. and It was all going to be really cute and spa-like. Um, and I came in. <laughs> Did you say spa-like? Like a spa? Yes. She had the cucumber ready for the eyes, but they ate it. So Cucumbers, massages. Um, however, I stumbled upon the male who was the brother of the sister, having sex no. with the sister. Yeah. On your bed? Incest, can you believe? On my bed. Oh, God. Couldn't believe it. So I thought to myself, let me separate them. I was like, you are brother and sister. This is wrong, guys. Um, and they were all, they were... <laughs> yeah, this is famously um, unlike rabbits. <laughs> right, exactly. I was like, what are you doing? Um, so I tried to prize them apart. And as I tried to prize them apart, the male was like, hi, you look good. Um, oh, so I had a bunny attached to my arm, my forearm, just going at it. And when they say, like, you know, like a Duracell bunny, they mean it. The thrusts <laughs> were numerous. Um, oh, my God. 
<laughs> Thank God there was no climax. But I was just like, oh my God, I see you in a completely different way. Um, but that was Thank me Thank God there was no incest. climax. Is now the best sentence Thank we've ever yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. So that was number one, Irresistible to Rabbits. Number two, um, I think maybe this has happened to other people. I don't know. Um, two dogs, my friend's dog and another dog just going at it. And she really didn't want her dog to get pregnant. Um, so I was like, right, let me get in there as the nature person. Let me separate them. <laughs> so I said... <laughs> it's all right, I'm the nature person. I'll do it. I don't know if you guys get that right. It's like, you're the nature person, take out the spiders. You're the nature yeah. person, do this. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, you're the nature person, go and separate those dogs having sex. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> So bravely I went in there and they were just two Jack Russells and I was like, right, I'm going in there. <laughs> so I like tried to tug this Jack Russell and I Sorry, not. what? Looked... Yeah. Yeah, you, you Sorry, what you did you do to the Jack Russell? I tugged them apart. Okay. As long as it was I wasn't apart. touching That was the key word. I was touching sentence. the genital. <laughs> I just grabbed a Jack Russell. And I kid you not, he looked at me like, oh, are you trying to get in on the action? <laughs> and then decided to hump my leg, um, which I feel like is something that's common. So that was a Jack Russell and a rabbit. It continues. Continues. Jesus, Jesus continues. Christ. Um, <laughs> she going through the animal kingdom here and then a gorilla with an armpit. <laughs> oh my God. Anything goes. So then um, I went, I used to go horse riding. Oh, God, do. no. I, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I used to volunteer at a stable. Used to. And used to. Yeah. This really does yeah. sound like traumatic. <laughs> yes. Are you okay? Yeah, you're all right. <laughs> this is therapy for me. Yeah. You don't have to tell us all these so, stories. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is the third of the fourth. Um, so it was like our turn to ride the horses now. Um, but the horse was like, no, I'm going to ride you. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, my God. After we got it tacked up and everything, all done, out came what we call the lipstick. And I don't know if you've ever seen a horse's... Dingaling. Apparatus. But it was quite large. Apparatus. <laughs> a, a horse's a horse's what? A horse's what? Apparatus. Apparatus. The actual the actual sentence was dingaling down. I don't know if you're aware of equestrian scientific names, but it was dingaling. Mm. Was the dingaling. <laughs> dingaling is the Latin name. Um, <laughs> the scientific so, name. <laughs> scientific term. As I tried to mount the horse, they were like, oh no, sorry, Chantel, stop. You've got to get off. And I was like, oh what? Because they were he's like, it's off. having a moment. <laughs> he's getting a moment. <laughs> a moment. He's having a moment. Out came his lipstick. It was huge. Um, I was scarred. And then it just lasted about five minutes. Then I got back on him. It's fine. Um, the fourth story of me being irresistible to every animal on the planet was an African grey parrot that my friend has as a pet. Hell. <laughs> so she, she was like, this African grey parrot doesn't like anyone. It won't come to you. It's fine. It was like flying around the living room as it does. I don't really like animals. birds in captivity. <laughs> don't really like, <laughs> I don't don't really like, like animals. animals. Forget them. I don't like 
birds in captivity. Um, anyway, this African grey parrot was like, I like you though. <laughs> so it rested on my shoulder. It was all good. We were having a chat. And then it proceeded to make its way to my legs. I was like, oh, this is cute, intimate. And then it started tugging on my zipper <laughs> to my jeans. And she, my friend was like, oh my God, it never does this. It was literally tugging my zipper down, trying to get in my pants. So I just want to say to you all, I am irresistible to every bit of wildlife going. If it's a rabbit, a dog, an African grey parrot, I'm your girl. I don't know if this That's is that. a retail of stories or a boast. I'm not sure which. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, I am irresistible oh to every animal on the planet. <laughs> I love it. I love that is it. Incredible. Yeah. So, an African grey parrot was trying to get in my pants, and I just want to say that's my that's my claim to fame. I love mm, that. Jesus, Chantel. Mm, well, I mean, I'm sorry and congratulations at the same time. I'm not <laughs> right. sure which one to give. I, I don't know which. <laughs> I, I just you started to sound like the woman that you know the person that had like oh I. I I can't remember the. There's like a nursery rhyme. Like I, I swallowed a fly, so then I swallowed a fly. There was an old lady who swallowed. Yeah, yeah. So you went on and on to a bigger and bigger animal until the end. You're like, I don't know what to do. But um, yeah. As long as you're. It's hard being me. It's hard being me. (laughs) I thought that horse story was going to go south. I honestly did. I thought that was where it was going to go. We're all glad it (laughs) stayed north. I was going to say. There was, was no traumatic insemination there. <laughs> I... That was all the African grey I've got a feeling this episode is now oh going to be God. titled, like, Traumatic Insemination. <laughs> 18 plus. It, it would not be clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd get an audience. True story. <laughs> you might have to put a trigger warning on this episode. Trigger warning. <laughs> Um, okay, before we move on to our final round, are we okay for time if we do our final round, everyone? Yeah. I've just cracked another beer, so yeah. Um, I have now gone on to whiskey. Dan, are you tempted by... I just I just smashed another water and I'm like all over the place. Why don't you give us a description of the last water? People like taste water as a profession. They do that. Why don't you give us a, a bit of a description of how yeah. that water's going? I'm sniffing the water. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Faint notes of wet dog. <laughs> wet hug. Maybe I left it in the cupboard with a bit of water in it. Too. <laughs> Mm. Mm. Gorgeous. <laughs> oh, lovely. God. Um, well, I'm on to the gym beam. Um, Ilo, you've got a gin and tonic with you. All good? Yeah, this time it's a um, Isle of Coal gin, which is where we, uh, where we hang out with the sharks. They've started their own gin distillery, which is lovely. So you can go and see sharks in the day and have a gin in the evening. Nice. Amazing. Lucy, you've cracked open a, a, and I quote, third beer. Yeah, I've got a porter. A porter? Mm. Heavy on the third beer. Um, Chantel, still on the <laughs> rum and apple juice? On the rum, yes. Nice. Multiple trips to the bathroom. <laughs> Multiple trips. Well, yeah, no, no embarrassment here. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty drunk now. I mean, you are like Just six pints ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I've never pre-drunk for a podcast before, so you know we're all good. We're going on to the whiskey, which is usually where I'll settle down. 
Um, right, we're going to play a game which we weren't going to do until Chantel replied in the email going, we've got to play that, <laughs> which is clearly a game. Hearing her story that's just passed is clearly a game that Chantel likes to play with any species, which is um, Snog, Marry and Avoid. So, oh God. Um, now, this conjured up many questions for me as a host of the podcast. Do I go down an animal route, which I kind of felt a bit uncomfortable about? like with a bit of bestiality a bit of like would you snog marry or avoid that animal um i would hope there'd be more to avoid than there would be to snog and marry um or do i go down the famous naturalist scientific natural history route of people that have been forthcoming in their industry and we um rate them against each other like some cruel love island show so that's the room. Look at the fearful faces. <laughs> yeah, you're all sh- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or do we combine the two? Um, I don't know. I don't, but I'm going to go with, for me, I think it's more in tune with the podcast if I go down the naturalist route because that's who I talk to day to day on this show. So... And we're not going to do it one at a time. Prepare to be cancelled. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to do it one at a time. Um, none of the people I'm bringing up have ever been on the show. Um, one of them would definitely not be on the show, and the other two are very unlikely to have to ever come on the show. So don't worry about it. Um, but I think as a group we can decide this, so it's not pinned on one person. Are we happy with that? We can do it as a group. Okay. So snog, Absolutely. marry, or avoid. <coughs> I'm just going to take a sip of my whiskey. I mean, I mean, we could say that it's not like the actual, you know, stick your tongue down their throat type situation. You could say something like... Well, maybe it is. <laughs> we could say it's not. I mean, I'm happy... You need to know the list yeah, first. I'm happy to say it's not, but we all know it probably would be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to go with the three people. Okay. And I thought about this. Very quickly in the pub this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> is Charles Darwin. Okay. So he's definitely not going to be on the show. He'd be a bit dusty. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to use the word outdated. <laughs> uh, Jane Goodall. <gasps> oh, what a babe. Oh. Yeah. Or... Amazing. David Attenborough. Okay. I knew it. That's good. Okay, no, so as a group, as a five now, we have to decide and we have to we have to think. Who are we going to snog? Who are we going to marry? Who are we going to avoid? And do you know what? I think I'm, I'm going to crack this one off with my opinions and I'm willing to be overturned on this. This is not my final say. Um, but my because I've been thinking about this since three o'clock this afternoon <laughs> in a pub in Hampstead... <laughs> Um, I think genuinely I would I mean I I would marry David for obvious reasons because we I think we all here on the show have a connection with David Attenborough, Sir David Attenborough, that we would like to have a like I say a lifelong it's quite old. <laughs> I'm thirty two. Ryan <laughs> don't <laughs> I'm just saying, when I say lifelong... No, no, we don't discuss his that. His lifelong we is don't not going to be my that. He's going to live forever. We don't, we don't discuss that. We don't discuss <laughs> his age. <laughs> but why not? 
One more, one more I'd, beer, I'd, and I would be crying. Oh, come on, right now. I can, I can it. I can't, in 2022, I, I can't, I can't yeah. handle that. No, but, 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 okay. <laughs> the way I went round this was, let's do this logically. If I married David, oh. more inclined to get. No. <gasps> oh my Wait, what was that? I missed it. What was that? Did was you that? just, did Ryan, you just insinuate I mean... that you want to marry David Attenborough? <laughs> To get his inheritance. Ryan, I'm sorry. Are you a Tory? Why are you going to marry Jane Goodall or Charles Darwin? Hey, I'm going to snog the big D. Like, that is not, <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm going Boat for. Vote yeah. You know, really? I'll marry yeah. Jane because I bet she'll be really, really yes, lovely. Yeah. And also, I'll probably avoid Darwin because back then... He was He's going to have a lot of problematic yes. views. No, see, that's why I would... Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I, I've been listening, on that note, I've been listening to, have you heard of um, Lucy Cook's new book? Bitch. Yes. Oh my God, yeah, um, this gets a legend. It's so good. Um, and the first chapter is all about how sexist the like early uh, early scientists and naturalists were. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with avoid Charles Darwin just for, just on that basis. But yeah, David Attenborough. I, I, yeah, um, oh, like David, you know, when you're like married to someone, no offense to married couples, but like <laughs> you can have quite a nice platonic relationship. And I think I would rather have that with David Attenborough and I'd rather snog Jane Goodall, just the, just the other no. way around. But I agree with no. the, I agree with I disagree, David right? First of all, it. Isla, go on to Google, open it, Google David Attenborough Young and tell me you do not want to snog that, first of all. Oh my God, you're set. <laughs> He was so, so hot. He the photo so on hot. the boat is just what dreams are made oh. of. <laughs> no, I was going to say that brings a really interesting question. Are we meeting them as they are now? Obviously, that Charles. That is a very good point. Sadly. That is a very good point. Oh, this changes everything. This changes almost. I'm going to, in fact, I'm Googling young Darwin. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, let's find a let's photograph. Let's just say I feel like I wouldn't snog Darwin as he is. I mean, as he was because he had a beard, and that's beard rash. <laughs> oh no, beard rash! I, I don't know if anyone's experienced. I'm just on Google. Beard. Was Darwin <laughs> ever was Darwin hot? <laughs> was Darwin hot? Charles, was Darwin hot? Charles Darwin okay. as a youngster. Oh, oh, I don't no. think he was. <laughs> oh no. The tricky thing no, is I'm here getting... with Darwin is there's, there, there wasn't a good kind of photographic technology oh, no. in his... You oh, just know. There's something about him. Mm. I mean, Daniel, the first one's a painting. Yeah. I think he looks hey, better old. We, we, we don't have much to work with. No. Right? I agree, he looks better old. He does. The first one, he looks 100%. like a detectorist. He looks oh, like what? someone, you know, like a metal detectorist. Have you, have you found the picture? I just need to know. Has everybody found the picture of Attenborough on the boat? Uh, I, I would say I agree with you, Lucy, in that Attenborough Young. Oh, my God, it's so, is... so beautiful. Jane Goodall, I, like, several times I've heard her speak, and the fact that, I know I know Attenborough's obviously, like, 95 or whatever, but Jane Goodall's, what, 80, 81, 82? She... Oh, wow. Okay, she no, this is... changes everything. Jane, Jane Goodall speaks much more to... Oh, I'm sorry. Jane Goodall as a youngster was an absolute 
babe. Oh my God, let me Google her. She, like now, as an 80-year-old, she is so in tune with current political issues, the social justice mm. movement, activism. She's so open-minded for an 80-year-old. And when I compare her with the mindset of, I'm not going to name any names, but other people of a similar age in my life, the mindset in terms of the love and the warmth and the open-mindedness and the, I don't know, just everything that she's got. I just want to marry her. I think <laughs> meant. And then just... Yeah, I think she's a legend. Attenborough can just be a little bit of booty on the side. <laughs> One night stand. <laughs> exactly. Booty call. Yeah. Just oh, speaking, just speaking really you're not, point, you're not thinking of the long-term plan. Oh, my God, she is a bit. Oh, my God. She's a complete babe. I'm real sorry, though, but, like, I no matter how nice Jane is, that would be a loveless marriage for us, whereas I feel like that me and this guy, we... Oh, is my that God. David? We don't... <laughs> We would have a wonderful time together. <laughs> this, this is different. We need to make a decision whether we're going for the for the seventies look or whether we're going for the for the now. I reckon baseline all of them at forty. <laughs> Me in the middle. Yeah. Is that like your peak age? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that was a subconscious thing shining through. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're like, like, that's what I want. Them to <laughs> I'm, I, I, you know, I don't like to do this to any guest. I've, I don't think I've ever done this to any guest. But I'm 32. Lucy, do you mind me asking? Oh how God, old you are? thanks, Ryan. 30. I said I did say, do you mind? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also 30. 30. Yay, um, I'm going to be 30 next week. Okay. Okay. Oh my God, we're all the same. Age. Okay, so <laughs> you all, I'm the oldest on the I'm show. I'm the youngest. <laughs> How old are you, Chantal? I'm 28. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh. We're all quite similar age brackets, yes. though, aren't we? Okay, so maybe we need to look up these people at the age of 30. Let's do it. I mean, to be honest, I think any age, Lucy's points are really good, and they stand. I think she made a really good argument there. Is anyone For else me... struggling to type? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but struggling to see, yes. How many genes are you seeing? <laughs> So many Darwins. Um, I would say Darwin at the age of 30, I would avoid because he's a hit. I mean, the thing, the, the tricky thing with Darwin at the age of 30, it's a painting. Yeah. <laughs> I it's feel not like, like I would it, avoid Darwin. I feel like yeah. he would be, as much as he's a brilliant naturalist, I feel like he probably would. But then again, he, yeah, he probably had problematic views, but probably of the time. Yeah, like, exactly. That's why I feel like he might have had problematic slash racist views. Yeah. You know, he did view Aboriginals as savages and it's like, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. Just take him down a few notches, Avoid. isn't it? But I, I, I will say one thing on the 100th episode. <laughs> is that I think all three of these will have a few problematic views. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah don't we all... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all very against XYZ. <laughs> no, I don't. David can't. I feel like David. Dave, David had uh, a lot of. I, I will say he said a lot about population being the problem on the planet, which yeah, could have some matters. Of problematic views. That's true. My uh, my friend played a horrible trick on me a few years ago. We were on a night out, and I was many more beers in than this and he just came across to me at the bar and just went put his hand on my shoulder and he went Lucy Attenborough's died <laughs> and I just 
I just fell to the floor and he's like, no, no, Richard, Richard Attenborough, Richard. And I was like, <laughs> I was already like, thank crying. God. Sorry, sorry. sorry. No, he, did, no, he didn't play a trick on you. He told you someone had died, but you cared less about one Attenborough than the other. Well. <laughs> you went, oh, thank God, Richard. Not thank God. He <laughs> was nice, but hero, hero level. But he'd not narrated my life. Yeah, every every time David Attenborough trends on Twitter, my heart sinks. Like I'm like, oh my god, this is it. Brace yourself. I, I, has anyone has anyone met him? No. Has anyone met David Attenborough here? Right. I got a letter from him. <gasps> I've been three meters from David Attenborough. Once. Wow! But not in a, because... not in the capacity that like I was in a room and he was in the room and everyone was talking. I went to a show where he spoke on stage and then he walked past me to get away uh, from you. <laughs> was three meters a court order? Yeah, <laughs> and actually, amazingly, you were talking about how like um sweet and um and like you would have very nice um sweet conversations, but I have the heard the words. Ginger Minge come out of his mouth. No! No, you haven't. <laughs> yes. That changes everything. I'm snogging him. I'm snogging Wait, what him. was he saying about Ginger Minge? Yeah, that actually happened. No, but what was he saying? How you can't leave it there. You can't just say it happened. He was referring. Orang Utans. Oh, he wasn't literally talking about Orang. I once heard him say wet. I once heard him say wet. But we will. What? What? No, oh go on, my, your story first. Oh, oh my God. Um, <laughs> no, he was referring to a moment in his life where he was in another country and he didn't know the language they were speaking. Um, and he thought it was a very beautiful language. But at one stage, oh, no. he thought the person was talking about Ginger Minge. It was actually just, that, that was part, that's part of the language. And he said that to us all. And everyone in the room was like, I didn't think that he was going to say that. <laughs> David? It was kind of like a glitch in the matrix. Everyone was like, what? what? Oh my David. God. To well, be so fair, that just... He just casually said, just... amazing. I could have sworn he said ginger mint. <laughs> <laughs> mm. True facts, true facts. David Attenborough, if you're listening to this, which I fully expect that you are. Um, every episode. He listens to every episode. Yeah. I mean, again, I will say, none taken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll write him a letter because he does apparently reply to them all. He does. He replied to mine. He replied to my Is letter. Yeah. Lucy, what did he wow. say to you? Yeah, what did you get? Do tell, um, do tell. I can find it, actually. It's over here. Oh, my it? God. She's got him writing. My mum's always telling me to write to David Edinburgh. She's like, write to him. But he does, he does reply. He replies to everyone. And apparently he sends back, like, he, he um as well, like, for his crew, he makes them little, like, CDs, <gasps> mixtapes of, like, music mixtapes. he knows their likes and then sends oh. it to Jiffy back. back. I, I would, would love to see David Attenborough send me some soca music. See, this is why I'm going to marry him. This is why I'm <laughs> going to marry him. You lot are wrong to snog him. I'm going to marry him. I want to marry him too now. I want to marry him. See? see. Are we fighting over it? Ryan, we all have on record that you said you were marrying him for his money. I will not let you forget I mean, that. He's so going to edit all... that out. He's going to edit that out. It's going to come up to it and he'll be like, 
That's not making the cut. Right, we'll go digger. We'll remember. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to keep in the bit where I said look, I wanted David Attenborough's inheritance. Look, look. <laughs> right. If we're marrying anyone of these three, it's for the money. Oh. And also, technically, by that same logic, you'd be better off with Darwin. He's gone. <laughs> That's true. There'd be no well, waiting. No, there's no chat back. Although he didn't get much money while he was alive, did he? I was going to say, how much money does he have? The same came afterwards. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Marry the one that's... Avoid the one that's dead. Marry the one that's popular. Snog the one that's... It's getting very shallow now. Damn it. Dan Darwin. Oh, Ooh, my God. Oh, it's handwritten. 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 Oh, my God. Uh, just for the listeners, Lucy's just shown us a handwritten note by Charles. Do- no, uh, by uh, David. <laughs> by Charles. It uh, says no, no, again by David Attenborough. It says, "Dear Lucy, thank you for your letter. I am del- uh, Oh my god, David, right? Nita. I am drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing an episode of Into the Wild. <laughs> it is. It is delightful to know that you think so highly of my programs, and that oh, and they instilling you such inspiration. Sorry, you, David, uh, can't read your writing. I feel and like Lucy's not really, re- as, you know, appreciating yeah. this letter. Yeah, it was very kind of, it was very kind of you to have written to tell me. So, good luck in everything that you do. Best wishes, David Attenborough. Oh my goodness! Aww. Look at the state of the letter. Look how, look how it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Aww, he did goodness. it in a rush. I really need to frame that. So, um, guys, I hate to push you for an answer, but we got to decide. Okay. Okay. Who are we snogging? Who are we marrying? Who are we avoiding? Oh, I, right. I feel like we're avoiding Darwin. We're avoiding Darwin. Yeah. Bless his soul. Do you know what? I do, I do feel a bit bad because we're avoiding him because of what we're assuming he was going to be like. But it's probably true. But he's not here to defend himself. I mean, <laughs> neither are the other two. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... They are... On a global scale here, but not on a Zoom call here. <laughs> but would you like to snog him and get that kind of beard rash? Do you know what? The more I've said at a Google image, the more I'm thinking I want to snog him. Oh, and gosh. also, I don't think they used fluoride in toothpaste back then. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, Dan. He's back on the avoid list. <laughs> and yeah, I feel like I feel like Darwin's top priority was an oral hygiene. <laughs> no, no. But I don't know, maybe actually I could be wrong. Yeah, again, he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> I, I just can't, um, because I've listened to Lucy Cook's book recently, I can't do anything but avoid mm. Darwin. I think that's fair. I think we're going to avoid, are we all happy on the call to avoid Darwin? Yeah. Apart from yeah. the, the theory. <laughs> yeah, thanks, th- thanks, okay. for, thanks for the theory of natural selection. <laughs> Thanks. But apart from that, mate, <laughs> right. yeah. apart from you finches, that's it. So, <laughs> so now we've got Goodall and Attenborough. Oh. Who are we snogging? Who are we marrying? Oh, guys, I'm still going to put it out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry Attenborough. I'll marry Attenborough. I'm going to marry Attenborough just for his voice. Yeah, I think maybe it has. Yeah, to. Oh that's yeah, the thing. It's, you're thinking of a long-term plan, people. Imagine, and I'm going to just throw this out there because I'm only three beers in, the narration of the bedroom. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. She takes off her trousers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, that would be really weird. 
Yeah. <laughs> and now Lucy would it... enters the bedroom <laughs> dressed <She's>... as a <laughs> tenderest <laughs> woodpecker. Does anyone else feel like she fires is... her love dot? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> he fires her love dart into the female. <laughs> This is like sacrilege or something. Like, I feel like I can't. We're going to get arrested. It's got a bit <laughs> tightness. Like, literally, like a whole nature crew <laughs> with pitchforks. <laughs> right, like, this has gotten out of hand. <laughs> oh, I think we're going to go with Mary Attenborough. 100%. I would absolutely. Yeah. That would be a privilege. No, Ryan, um, stop being a massive Tory. I mean, I'd say yeah. Tory on your podcast. Stop it. Yo, I'm not a Tory for wanting money. Kind of the definition. I think I would snog at him, bro. I'm going to put it out there. I'm Mary Jane. I'm happy with What's your reason option? for marrying Jane, though? No oh, offence, Jane Goodall, if you're listening. She's just amazing. Can we just be in, like, a polyamorous relationship with them all? Yeah, it's 2022. Jane Darwin yeah. and I, I just bought the book Ethical Slut, if anyone's ever heard of it, and it's all about oh polyamory, untraditional relationships. So let's just go for it. All of them. At the same yes. time. <laughs> you are quite literally on this podcast preaching to the choir. That's all I will say. <laughs> yes. But although we don't, if we do that, we're not coming to an end of the show. <laughs> Can we just do polyamory? Yeah, sure, let's <laughs> all three of them. <laughs> it's not snog, marry, avoid, and <laughs> rabbit. <laughs> it's just, we're going to change rounds at the end of rabbit on arm. That's all we're doing. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, out of interest, what was the animals? What were you going to, what were you going to make us decide between? Well, I, I was unsure whether to do gorilla deer. And then I was going to do a fish of like a trout. Oh my god! This is uncomfortable territory. This is like because <laughs> gorilla, we you know connect with on a kind of DNA level, I guess. I was most afraid when you said gorilla. So I mean, that I'm going to marry the gorilla. You'll marry yes. the gorilla. I'll, I'll marry the deer. I feel like it'll be a very placid relationship. But I feel like the gorilla will really protect you. He's going to go all out. I mean, or yeah. she, he or he. Whoever they're gonna go all this out. Is, this is terrible territory. The gorilla's gonna go all out, <laughs> yeah. is it, darling? It's gonna go all out. Oh um, god! If, however, you were to say Simba in the Lion King when he turns into an adult, I might be more interested in this than I am. We're diving down uh, Lucy Lapping territory. Never. To would. be fair, a lot of people did fancy <laughs> Simba. Simba. A lot of people fancied Nala when she laid. Do you know what? When I say a lot of people, not me. People I know. I think I fancied Simba a bit when I was a kid. Yeah. But did anyone fancy Scar? He was ruthless. He went after what he wanted. (laughs) Guys, keep talking about Disney animals. I'm going for a wee, but I want you to keep talking Disney animals. Also, have you got have you guys ever noticed that all the queer characters in all Disney things are all the villains? Yes. Yeah, yes. Some people say that they believe that it might be because queer writers wanted to get queer characters into shows. They could never yeah. make them the main ones. And they were like, <laughs> we'll have the villain. <laughs> <laughs> but which ones? Which ones? Um, so there's uh, Jafar. Yeah. Okay. Queer as f- <laughs> um, uh, Scar, extremely queer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the Little Mermaid uh, queen? Um, Ursula. Queer as f- there's uh, 
literally all of them have slight queer energy. So in um the the woman in um Hercules, that's the kind of like anti-hero. Oh, yeah. Maleficent. Yeah. Oh yeah, Maleficent. There's Maleficent. Loads there's yeah. there's lo- there's loads of them. There's so many queer characters. There's more that I'm forgetting, but they're in there. Love that. Wait, who's 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 the one in um Hercules? Um the the girl that he's with in, in Hercules. Meg. Meg. Yeah, Meg. Yeah. Love her. She Love gives her. me she gives Love me her. major she gives me major queer energy. Oh <gasps> yes. Meg. She's such a good character. Meg is very hot. She doesn't give a <laughs> shit alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've not watched Hercules. It's now a bad time to admit that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm really drunk now. Mm. Wait, wait, sorry. Did, we, did you say stop record? No, don't stop recording. Oh, yet. don't stop yeah. record. Okay, sorry. Okay. But this does show how drunk we might be <laughs> when we're struggling to communicate over Zoom. <laughs> I'm smashed. Off your on water, his... Dan. Mm. Mm. <laughs> on, his, on his tepid water. It's like me at 15 mm. years old. It's very cold. I ran the tap. <laughs> <laughs> I ran the tap for four seconds, actually. Yeah, yeah it's quite cold. <laughs> um, thank you, all four of you, for coming on the show. It's lovely to have you all back on. I'm, I, I am drunk. <laughs> and, and, and Riley's Look at his eyes. <laughs> Can you hear that? Let me let her out so she sees my housemate. Go on. Oh. <laughs> Are you all had a good time? Yes. yes. Thank you so much. That was lovely. Really, Thank really you so good. much for joining me on the hundredth episode. But um, lovely to have you here, and thanks for all for joining. And I'm sure we will drink in person one day in the future. 100%. Yeah, yes, definitely. Yeah, thanks so much. Congratulations, for Ryan, on Hollywood. Thank you. Congratulations. On to 1,000th episodes. Oh, here we go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks very much for joining, guys. Take Thank care. You. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. Bye. Thanks again for listening, everyone. If you'd like to keep up to date with any of the guests that have been on today's show, then you can do so on social media. Their tags are in the write-up of this episode. Also, you can follow us on social media at Into the Wild Pod on Twitter and Into the Wild Podcast on Instagram. And if you'd like to get in touch about Into the Wild or ask any questions or suggest any ideas for some episodes, you can email me at intothewildpod at gmail.com. A quick note to say that all the opinions and expressions expressed in today's episode belong to the person that said them and do not represent those opinions held by Into the Wild or anyone that we work with or are affiliated with. If you would like a shout out on the show or to be put into a draw to win a free Into the Wild podcast mug, yes please, then all you have to do is review the show on iTunes or Spotify or both and send me a screen grab, take part in our weekly nature highlight share every Sunday on Instagram, or you can tip Into the Wild via our Kofi link in the write-up of this episode. Of course, you can do all three of those things and increase your chance of winning the monthly mug. Until next time, keep well, stay safe and live the good life.